Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us today. I've entitled today's message, Taking Off the Limits. How many knows that the enemy can put limits on you and, and cause you not to fulfill all that God has purposed for you? So we're going to talk this morning about taking off the limits. The Bible teaches us in John 3, 16, 17, says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So we know from the scripture that God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, into the world to, to die on a cross, and he was rose again on the third day. He paid the price to purchase our salvation, that we could be saved. And he goes on to say that, that he didn't send his son to condemn the world, but he did this so that the world through him could be saved. We know from the story of Adam and Eve, if you read the book of Genesis, it talks about when it talks about creation, when God created the heavens and the earth. And it goes on to talk about when God created Adam. And from Adam, he created Eve. And we know from the, the biblical story that Adam and Eve sinned. And when they sinned but through their disobedience, Satan had a legal right to your soul. And because of sin, death was passed on to humanity. And so when Jesus died on the cross, he paid that price to purchase us back to God. So God made a way for us to come back to him. And the only way that we come back to him is through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father except through me. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if we confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So salvation is just that simple. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. He says you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth salvation confession is made unto salvation so that's the first step back to God is that we have to be saved as Jesus Christ to come into our hearts to be the Lord of our life we are saved by faith and through his grace and not works of our own but that any should boast but it's only through the accomplished work that Jesus Christ did on the cross that we are saved Galatians 5 and 7 says, you ran well, but who hindered you from obeying the truth? So Paul's talking to the Galatians. He said, you ran well. You started out in this race for the Lord, and you started out good. You started out, you know, I'm going to accomplish something for the Lord, but something hindered them. So he's asking them the question, what happened? What happened here? What, what happened? You, start, you ran well. You started out great, but who hindered you? What's hindering you this morning? And that's what we're going to talk about is taking off the limits that the enemy tries to put into our life. God has a plan and a purpose for us. We're all created here by, by his design, and he has a plan for our life, and we want to accomplish that. 
But we also know that we have an enemy that we fight. The Bible says that, that our enemy, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus has come that we would have life and have it more abundantly. So what limits us? The first thing that limits us is our sin. Romans 3 and 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we have to realize that sometimes, that if we mess up, we're not the only one. And if you're walking in human flesh, I can promise you that there, that there is something in your life, there's some time in your life that you will fail the Lord, you will do something that you should not do, you, you, there's something that you will be disobedient in. He says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But we don't have to stay there. Yes, we do fail, and yes, we do make mistakes, but we do not have to stay there. Amen. All we have to do is ask for God's forgiveness and his grace and his mercy. And the moment that we ask him, he forgives us. And God doesn't hold a grudge. He forgives us at that moment. First John second chapter, verse 1 says, My little children, these things are right to you so that you may not sin. In other words, he says, it's better if you don't sin. But he goes on to say, and if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. He's, in other words, he's saying, it's better if you don't sin. But if you do mess up, if you do sin, if you do make a mistake, he says, I want you to understand that we have an advocate with the Father. We can come to the Father and say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I've messed up, and I need your grace and your mercy. Lord, I need you to forgive me. I need you to wash me and cleanse me from my unrighteousness. And and if we come to him and we are sincere, then God forgives us at that moment. And, and the term repentance means a change of direction. In other words, if you're asking God to forgive you of something and, you're, and you sincerely mean it, that means that's something that you're going to not do any longer. If you're walking in disobedience, that means you're going to immediately walk in obedience to the word of God. If it's something that you did, sometimes it's a, a, a moment where we've done something, but when we come to the Lord and ask for forgiveness, then he forgives us at that moment. And as I said, God doesn't hold a grudge, but there is the remembrance of sin, and that's where condemnation comes in, and that's where the enemy likes to take hold of us and put put us into bondage and to try to limit what God wants to accomplish for us in our life. You may have heard the story of the elephant. When the elephant's just a, a baby, they take the elephant and they put a, a, a brace around its foot and they, and they chain it to a stub or a post in the ground. And when it's little, it's not able to move. It'll, it'll tug on it and it'll tug on it. And finally, it just gives up because it realizes that it does not have the strength to, to move itself from this from this stake in the ground or this post that it's attached to. However, as the elephant grows up, it remembers 
that it does not have the strength to move this stop. And so they can take a chain and, 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 and attach it to the elephant's foot and attach it to a, uh, to a post or, or whatever stops up in the ground. And though this huge grown elephant has more than enough strength to pull itself loose, it won't even try because it remembers as a young elephant that it was not able to do this. But now as a grown elephant, I mean, a grown elephant, I mean, he can, do, he can knock down buildings and, and, and bridges if, it, if it's so minded to. However, because of that remembrance, it does not even try or put forth the effort. And that's what the enemy wants to do to us. He wants to put it into us the remembrance of our failures, the remembrance of things that might have happened in our childhood, or the enemy might want to put into us the remembrance of things that people had said over us, that the enemy has said to us, you're not good enough, you can't accomplish this. But I can tell you that the word of God teaches us that we are kings and priests unto our God. Amen. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God doesn't put us into bondage. Amen. But the enemy, through condemnation and through the remembrance of those things where we may have failed or the things that were said over us or the things that had happened to us, he takes those things to try to put us back into bondage. Romans 12 and 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So he's teaching us here, we have to renew our minds. And the only way to renew our minds is through the word of God, to read the word, to put the word in our hearts and our minds in our spirits and to conform ourselves into obedience to the word of God to renew our minds because if we don't then the enemy he likes to come in and bring us back into bondage but he says don't be conformed to this world don't be conformed to the voice of the enemy don't be conformed to the condemnation and the bondage that the enemy wants to put you in he said don't be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's through the word of God and through the spirit of God that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I don't know about you, but I want to be in his perfect will. I want to be where the Lord wants me to be. Romans 8 and 1 reads like this. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So he's teaching us here, don't walk according to the flesh and the desires of the flesh, but walk according to the Spirit. And it goes on and gives us instructions how we are to do that. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So you have been set free. Hallelujah. If you have Jesus Christ in your heart, then, then God has set you free from the law of sin and the, and the law of death. He says, for what the law could not do. And that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. 
that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. So he's, he tells us right here how to walk according to the spirit. Amen. To set our minds on the, the, the spirit, to set our mind on the word of God, to know the word of God, to have the word of God in our minds, in our hearts, in our spirits, so that we would be doers of the word. The scripture teaches us that, that the doers of the word are justified to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Verse 6 says, for to be carnal minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal man is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Verse 8 says, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So if you live according to the flesh, according to the desires of the flesh, it says you cannot please God. And he goes on, and I love these next few scriptures. He says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Hallelujah. That's, that's a wonderful promise. Because when, you, when you're saved... When you ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart, at that moment, the Spirit of God comes on the inside of you. He dwells on the inside of you. He says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, hallelujah, I want the Spirit of God to dwell on the inside of me. He says, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. So in other words, he's saying, if you don't have the Spirit of God dwelling on the inside of you, then you're not a child of God. But thanks be unto God, it's not according to how I feel, hallelujah, but it's according to Scripture that when I accept Jesus into my heart, he may his abode on the inside of me. He dwells on the inside of his children. Verse 10 says, and if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Hallelujah. The, so the scripture says that that same spirit that dwelt in Jesus, that same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead dwells on the inside of you and I as children of God. Hallelujah. So all that he is dwells on the inside of us. Amen. So that our lives can be a light and a witness to those, amen, that are in the world. He says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. Hallelujah. Because through the spirit who dwells in you. So the Spirit of God lives on the inside of us. And, and God, as we said, he did not come to bring condemnation. God does not remember our sins. Hebrews 8 and 10 says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. 
After those days, says the Lord, I will put my law in their mind and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his his neighbor and none of his brothers saying, know the Lord for all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Hallelujah. So he said, he said, so when I forgive you, I will remember those lawless deeds no more. I, it, it, they're, at that moment, they're thrown into the sea of for, forgetfulness, and that's wonderful. We can take comfort in that, that God is not holding a grudge, that God does not put us into condemnation, and we can lay claim of that so when, that when the enemy does come and try to remind us of all the things that we failed, then we can, we can tell him, God doesn't remember any of that. That is in my past. So when the enemy tries to remind you of your past, remind him of his future. Hallelujah. Psalms 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. I love this scripture. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. When Jesus died on the cross, there were benefits that were laid. He he bore those stripes for our healing. He died so that you and I could be saved and become the children of the most high God. He, he, he bore those stripes for our healing. And verse 3 says, he forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. There's not a disease, there's not a sickness, there's nothing that we face on this earth that God cannot heal, that God cannot deliver or set free, but it says he heals all your diseases, amen. That all mean, in, in every translation, it still means all. So there is nothing that our God cannot do. He says, who redeems your life from destruction. I am so thankful that he has redeemed us from the destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. And I love that scripture. The older I get, the more I want to lay claim of that scripture that says that my youth is renewed. Hallelujah, like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. Scripture says that his mercy is new every morning. And every morning, I can promise you, I need God's grace and his mercy in my life. Verse 9 says, he will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. That's his mercy. Amen. That we didn't get the punishment that we deserved. Hallelujah. For as far as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. Verse 12 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And, and I don't know, if you, if, you're, if you go in east, you'll never reach the west because you're always going east. Amen. And that's how far God has removed our sins and our transgressions from us. So in other words, they're, they're, they're gone. They're, they're forgotten. He no longer remembers them. 
Galatians 5 and 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Jesus has made us free. And do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. So I'm going to conclude right there. God desires for us to walk in that liberty and in the freedom that Jesus died so that we can have. And we have to be reminded and we have to be careful to not let the enemy draw us back into bondage, to draw us into condemnation, to hinder our walk with the Lord that we, we, we need to fulfill the purpose and the calling that God has for us. I'm going to pray. Father, we just thank you this morning. We thank you for your word. Lord, that you desire that we live in the freedom of Christ, that we live to fulfill the purpose, Lord. I pray for all those that are listening, Lord, that the enemy may have placed in bondage. Whatever that bondage is, we just declare victory. We declare healing. We declare deliverance over their life through the power of your Holy Spirit and according to the promises of your word. And we declare it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And God bless you.